Hey and welcome back to All Things Dark and Horrorful, the horror podcast that digs deeper into the mysterious, crazy, terrifying world of the paranormal, of the dark history and all the things that we don't really talk about because people are scared. Well, I'm a big, massive horror fan. Not just a horror fan, I like all the dark history, I like anything to do with witches, demons, poltergeists, you name it, I absolutely love it. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about some of the most haunted places in the UK. And if you're not in the UK, then maybe these haunted houses will give you a reason to come and visit the UK. And I want to start off with a house in London, and that is 50 Berkeley Square. Now, it has a long-held reputation as being the most haunted house in London. And this is according to a guy called Charles Harper. And he wrote a book in 1913 called Haunted Houses. And all of the haunted houses that is visited or the haunted places that is visited, 50 Berkeley Square is one of the most haunted ones that he came across. And in the late 19th century, it became known as one of the most haunted houses in London with its attic room said to be haunted by the spirit of a young woman who had committed suicide in there. So what is the legend of 50 Berkeley Square? Because people are saying there's actually three different stories. The most famous one is the young girl that committed suicide in the attic. That could be true. Or maybe maybe they're all true. Maybe they're all true. So anyway, there's actually three different stories about 50 Berkeley Square. With the first being the attic room of the spirit of a young girl who committed suicide. And people say that she purposely threw herself from the top floor from the top floor window after being abused by her uncle she couldn't cope anymore she just needed she just needed to stop she just needed to to it all to end and the only way that she felt that she could do that was to commit suicide so apparently she threw herself off the top floor window and people say you know when she's around because you see like a like a brown mist either on the floor or, or just floating in the air and when you see this brown mist, you know that it's it's the spirit of the young girl. And it has also been known that when this brown mist is around, it is actually enough to scare people to death. Now, this is just what people are saying. I have actually looked into this to see if anyone has actually been scared to death from this, seeing this brown mist. And I've not actually found anything yet. So, again, this is just one of three stories about 50 Berkeley Square. So a rarer version of of the, the legend of 50 Berkeley Square is of that of a young man who was locked in the attic room and he was kept a prisoner there. He, he was kept captive and he, he couldn't get out of this room. And the only way that he was fed was through a hole in the door. And this caused him to go mental. This caused him to go absolutely crazy. He went mad. He was locked in this room. Um, he couldn't get out. He wasn't seeing anybody, he wasn't speaking to anybody. Once a day, a little hole in the door had opened, a little bit of food had come through, and that's all he had to survive. Until eventually he went he went absolutely crazy and he died. How he died is unknown. We don't know how he died. Um again, this is just this is the second story of three of the legend of fifty Berkeley Square. And there's not much details on, on how this this man died. But all we know is he was kept captive in the attic. He went crazy and he died. And another story 
is it all it is all about the attic room these three stories all happened in the attic and people are saying it is haunted by a little girl who was killed there by a sadistic servant so i'm guessing that a, a very very posh rich family owned the house and they had servants as they did back then and there was a little girl which i'm guessing would have been a part of the family and a servant killed her must must have abused her and killed her this is just this is the third story again there's not much detail about these stories which does make it seem like they have all been made up which to me it does sound like they've been made up i'm not saying that the house isn't haunted because i can i can believe that it is but which of these stories is the truth if anyone knows about 50 berkeley square please let me know let me know what you know about it because the what the stories that I've got is just the research that I've been doing and I'd love to know more about about these three different stories so we can try and figure out which one is actually true. So a guy called Thomas Myers in 1859, he bought the house and he lived in there until the early 1870s and it was claimed that he lived alone and it was said that he locked himself inside the house and again, he went mad until his death at the age of 76 in November 1874. So maybe he was the guy from the third story, uh, from the second story, sorry, that that were kept captive and went mad. Who knows? Again, if anybody knows anything more about 50 Berkeley Square, please let me know. I'd love to, to try and figure out which of the stories is actually true. So moving on to a house that me and my friend visited uh, roughly two weeks ago. We couldn't go inside the house, but we went and we stood outside of the house, which alone was very, very eerie. You got a very eerie feeling. You felt like someone's eyes were, were constantly on you. As we parked at the top of the street and walked down uh, to the house, it felt like someone was watching us constantly, but not in a nice way. Do you know sometimes when, when you turn lights off downstairs and you run upstairs to go to bed because uh, you think a monster's going to chase you because it's dark and you've got a feeling that someone's watching you, and it makes you feel really uncomfortable. That's what it felt like. And we both felt that from parking the car, getting out and walking down to the house. So this house is 30 East Drive. And it's in a place called Pontefract, which is only 25 minutes away from my house. And this house was owned by a couple called Jean and Joe Pritchard. And they moved into the house with their son, Philip, and daughter, Diane. And Philip was 15 at the time and Diane was 12 and they moved into the house in 1966. But the same year the family became very disturbed by paranormal activity that was happening in their home. And it all started out with nothing nothing major to start with. It's just the usual taps on the wall or little noises that you hear when nobody else is in the room. Little things like, do you know when your mind plays tricks on you and you think you've heard something when you actually haven't? Or you think you've seen something out of the corner of your eye when when you haven't. It's just your mind playing tricks on you. Well, it all started out with little things like that. So to start with, I didn't actually think anything of it. But then it slowly started to get worse. And there'd be pools of water around the house. And we've all stepped in a pool of water with socks on, which is very, very annoying. And this started happening in every room of the house. Like when I step in a pool of water... In my house, it's usually in the kitchen and it's usually when the cat has been in water bowl and flicked water everywhere. 
Well, this started happening in every room of the house. So it started happening in the living room. It was happening in the bedrooms. It was happening in the bathroom, in the kitchen, every room in the house, which is strange because not every room in the house has a tap. And then the lights started turning on and off. This started like just happening once or twice every week, but then it started becoming a daily thing where the lights had just turn on and turn off by themselves while the family was sat around eating the dinner or sat around watching TV. And then furniture started overturning and pictures were being slashed and objects were levitating up in the air and they were just randomly disappearing. Then a very foul smell started travelling throughout the house and whenever they could smell this, this disgusting smell that was in the air, everybody could hear deep, heavy breathing. Now, this absolutely terrified the family. And the spooky goings-ons were coupled with a mysterious black-robed figure whose appearance became more and more frequent. So every now and then, they'd see this this figure that had, like, a black robe on. You could never see the face. You could never see any features. It was just a black robe, robe in the corner. Or as they were stood washing the pots at the kitchen sink, they'd turn around and they'd see this figure. Now, Joe and Jean were the first in the family to come face-to-face with this figure, and they described it as a terrifying cloaked shadow floating above their bed. Now, imagine waking up and seeing a cloaked figure, all black, floating above your bed. I'd, I'd think I were dreaming, and I'd just close my eyes again and then open them again in hope that it'd be gone. But then the entity would soon be witnessed by the entire Pritchard family. So the children then started seeing this figure, as well as a handful of paranormal investigators. Now, things got too much for them. This story was a little bit like the Enfield haunting story that I told you in episode two. And they had people come out to the house. They had paranormal investigators. They had the news crew. They had they had people, the public, coming out so the, so they could witness it themselves so the Pritchard family didn't think that they were going crazy. And this figure was actually seen by a handful of paranormal investigators. Now, they had people coming in to perform exorcisms and ghost hunters were attending the property, but nothing could make the ghost leave. They had all these people coming in, performing these this exorcist stuff that they do and try and get rid of the ghost and walking around with, uh, with a cross and sprinkling holy water and whatnot, whatever they're doing in things like that. And nothing would make this ghost go. It was attached to the house. Now, I read somewhere, years and years ago, that it's not actually a place that's haunted. It's a person. A ghost attaches itself to a person or to an object. And then I've read it in other places that it's the haunted it's the houses and the places that are haunted when a death has occurred in in a, in a place and the ghost is then trapped i do believe in the paranormal obviously i'm i'm a big paranormal fan and i do believe in the spiritual world but is it a place that's haunted or is it an object or is it a human or is it all three let me know what you'll think so anyway this this ghost seemed to be attached to the house i'm guessing the ghost has got an attachment to the house and not the family, as the family moved there when the children were 15 and 12. And before this, they hadn't experienced any par- any paranormal experiences until they moved in to the house on 30 East Drive in Pontefract. Anyway, they lived 
had to live with a ha- had to live with a ghost for the rest of their lives. And what happened to that family, I don't, I don't actually know. But all I do know is the house is still haunted up to this day. Now, you can spend the night in there. There is a website. If you type in 30 East Drive into Google, there is a website and you can pay £60 to spend the entire night in there. Nobody has ever spent the entire night. The most one group has spent is six hours and then they'd had enough, they couldn't cope with it. But what makes me think is, now they've made this house into an attraction, are the things that happen in that house real? Or the, the person that, that's made it into a tr- an attraction have the fate this stuff so you can go and get a thrill bit bit like a bit like a haunted house ride that you see at a theme park or is it real like i say me and my friend went about two a week ago we didn't park directly outside the house we parked at the top of the street and we walked down very very eerie feeling it, it gave me chills but i don't know if that's because i know the the history of the house or if someone was actually watching us but we stood outside the house and we stood there for a good five ten minutes just talking looking at the house we didn't actually see anything now a lot of people have claimed that when they've stood outside the house there is a a ghostly figure standing in the top bedroom window looking at them and we spent five minutes a good five minutes looking at that window and we couldn't see anything but again the eerie feeling was unexplainable now, if you're from the UK, and maybe the USA as well, I'm not sure how popular this show is in, in the US, but we have a show called Most Haunted in the UK with a woman called Yvette Fielding, and it is it used to be very popular. It, it still is very popular. I don't think they've released any new episodes lately, but it were very popular when I was growing up, because my mother used to watch it, and Yvette Fielding was the presenter of Most Haunted, and they actually went to 30 East Drive, and investigated and she described the house as the most terrifying location that she has ever filmed in bearing in mind they've filmed in over hundreds and hundreds uh, haunted locations around the uk and yvette fielding described 30 east drive in pontefract as the most terrifying location she has ever filmed in now has anyone ever visited 30 east at uh, 30 east drive in pontefract if you have let me know me and three of my friends have actually discussed going to spend the night in in uh, 30 East Drive. And I think for this podcast, I will do it. In a couple of weeks' time, me and my friends will book in. We will spend the night in 30 East Drive in Pontefract. And I will keep you updated on that. There'll be another episode coming out soon uh, with my feedback from spending the night in there. And I'll let you know how I get on. So moving on. There's a place in Leicester called Belgrave Hall. And this was built as a family home for a couple named Edmund and Anne Craddock in 1709. And only two years after its completion, both Edmund and Anne died. And it was then owned by numerous other families. So we had the Simons family who owned Belgrave Hall for 45 years. We had the Van family who owned it for 78 years. During this time that the Van family owned the house, they also built the nearby Belgrave house. And then we had the Ellis family that owned it for 76 years. And then a guy named Thomas Morley, who owned it for 13 years. And after Thomas Morley had owned it, the council then bought it in 1936, and they turned it into a museum. 
And up to this day, it's still a museum. You can still visit Belgrave Hall in Leicester. Now, in 1999, while it was the museum, the Belgrave Hall became famous across the world when two ghostly figures were recorded on security cameras outside of the hall. And the building remained of interest to ghost hunters and many paranormal experience, uh, many paranormal investigators went and visited Belgrave Hall. And although the museum claimed to be haunted, the paranormal investigators couldn't actually pick anything up. They never saw anything and they never caught anything on camera. But they did claim that there were a few spots around the museum that were very, very cold, like chillingly cold. Not just a draft. Not just when you're sat in a room and someone opens a window and you get a bit of a draft in. Not like that. It was chilly. It was very icy cold. But nobody actually saw anything. Now, most people claim that when they visited the museum and they were walking down the halls, that they got a very eerie feeling and felt like eyes were watching them at all times. Again, not in a good way. Apparently, it feels like Again, when you turn your light off downstairs and you run upstairs because you're scared at dark or you're scared a monster's going to follow you and you feel like someone's watching you and it makes you feel very, very uncomfortable and it makes you feel on edge. A lot of people claimed that they got this feeling when walking down the halls in Belgrave Museum. And then people started to claim that they could hear footsteps, but it were a museum, so you're going to hear footsteps. Even if you're stood still, you're going to hear footsteps uh, because other people are walking around the museum. Now, these... These claims were coming from the public. The paranormal investigators went in and they couldn't find anything. They didn't hear anything. They couldn't catch anything. They only felt these cold spots. Now, these people that are hearing footsteps and are hearing bangs on the wall and are hearing people whisper are the people that visited the museum. We all know that when you visit a museum, it's quiet. You don't walk around. You don't sing. You don't scream. you're You're quiet out of respect for the other visitors. So you're going to hear people whisper, you're going to hear people's footsteps, you're going to hear people touching the walls and banging on the walls. And one paranormal investigator team that went in is called the ISPR, which stands for International Society of Paranormal Research. And these went in after they examined the footage in 1999. And they decided that after after days and days of investigation, they decided that these two ghostly figures that were caught on camera were actually leaves falling from a tree. Now, I don't know what to believe about Belgrave Museum. Is it haunted? Is it not? I don't think I'd ever be able to make my mind up unless I actually visit the place. But I do believe that there is quite a few cold spots in the museum. But then again, it is a very old building. So it's going to be cold. There's going to be some cold places. So whether it's actually haunted or not, who knows? If any, like always, if anyone has visited Belgrave Hall Museum in Leicester, let me know. Let me know what you think, what you thought about it. Let me know if you're going to visit. Let me know if you if you're interested in going to visit. And also let me know how you felt while you was there. If you did, if you have visited Belgrave Hall. Now the last place I'm going to tell you about is a place in Brislington. Um, Brislington is an area in the southeast of the city of Bristol in England. And it is on the edge of Bristol, and it is 10 miles from Bath. Now, Brislington is also near the site of a now-demolished St Anne's in the Wood chapel. Now, the chapel is called St Anne's in the Wood. We're just going to call it St Anne's for short. And St Anne's Chapel was erected by one of the Lords Dillawar, 
whose family held the manor of Brislington from the late 12th to the mid-16th century. Now, after the chapel was demolished, a guy called Thomas Amare built a house called St Anne's, keeping it in the family, you know, the word St Anne's Chapel, and now there's St Anne's House. And he turned the house into a private lunatic asylum. Now, Brislington House is now known as Long Fox Manor, and it is no longer an asylum. But it used to be a lunatic asylum for the insane. And when it opened in 1806, it it was one of England's first purpose-built asylums. And there were originally seven separate blocks in which patients were allocated depending on their class. And I'm guessing that if you are a higher class person, you got your treatment that you needed. If you were from a much poorer family, you didn't, which is very, very sad. And of course, this place has now been closed. But people still go and visit it, and they claim that they can hear the screams of the patients that were in the lunatic asylum. Now, not just any norm, not just normal screams, like someone being shocked and you do a little scream. These were piercing, painful screams. And obviously, when when people look round to see where these screams are coming from, you can't see anybody. So these screams are claimed to be from the patients that still walk the grounds up to this day and people have seen apparitions people have seen figures people have seen things out of the corner of their eyes when they visited this place it is not known that any paranormal investigators went or has been to this place that is not known but all i do know is that people have been visiting this place and people have heard these screams Now, there's nothing more terrifying than hearing a piercing, painful scream and not knowing where it's coming from. Again, if you've visited Long Fox Manor, let me know what it's like. Some of these places I will be visiting, some of these places are actually too far away from from my house for me to travel. But I will definitely be going to East Drive in Pontefract, 13th Drive in Pontefract, and spending the night in there with three of my friends. Who thinks that we're going to be able to spend the full night? When I say full night, I think it's a full 12 hours. I think you go in at like 6 o'clock in the afternoon and you leave at 6 o'clock in the morning. Nobody has ever spent the entire 12 hours. Six hours is the most that people have spent in that house. Me and my friends are hoping to break that record. Who knows? Again, it has been made into an attraction. So maybe it's all fake. Maybe it's true. The only way we're going to find out is if we go and actually spend the night in there. So that's it for this episode of All Things Dark and Horrorful and of some of the most haunted places in the UK. If you're interested in visiting some of these places or if you have visited some of these places, please let me know. I'd love to hear your stories. So join me next week on All Things Dark and Horrorful for more creepy, terrifying stories that exist in the world today.